The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 37. Why is fan engagement important in modern day sport? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports professional in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sport. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Mark Bradley. Mark is an author, speaker and the founder of the Fan Experience Company, where he investigates social behaviours and fan engagement in modern day sport, especially in football. I can happily say that I'm very interested in Mark's line of work and it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode Mark will share his career journey and explain why fan engagement is so important in modern day sport. Mark, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? It started um, from a career in customer service, which in itself doesn't sound very exciting. But I was a judge for the um, British Service Excellence Awards, and I'd always had an interest in what made good organisations tick. And one of the um, tools I used to use to get boards of directors and you know business owners and chief executives to think more seriously about the customer was to let them see the experience through the customer's eyes. When we started our business uh, 12 years ago, uh, we were looking to take that approach, kind of pre-trip advice, you know, show businesses what it's really like to be one of their customers in their own words. And uh, our first client was the Football League. So we hadn't anticipated working in sport, but 12 years ago, that's that's how it began. And I guess if you picked up from there, what I what I was bringing was an understanding of what the best businesses in any sector did. And football in particular was very resistant to that, believing that it was unlike any other business. And my journey since then has really been a, a, a kind of a journey of persuasion that football is like other businesses. It's customers stroke supporters do want to be valued. And actually, if you can find a way of understanding what makes them feel valued – then you could possibly grow without winning, you know, which is kind of the pot of the end of the rainbow. Just touching back, though, 12 years ago, how have you seen the sport industry grow? Um, I, it has definitely grown. I mean, it, it, it has to grow because um, there is more and more competition for our leisure time. don't think any, any sport can afford to be complacent these days, uh, even disregarding those that need you know, funding from Sport England. You have to be looking to be sustainable. And I think sports everywhere realize that you know, to get an audience, they need to offer something more than just the sport itself. Now, from my perspective, uh, I, I, uh, people associate me with fan experience and fan engagement. And um, I think fan engagement for me is, is very much strategic. It's about sustainable growth. It's, it's not about 
things like um, apps and um, social media, a lot of that is simply content. It's about the thinking behind that. How do we design ourselves as a as a sports organisation to you know to grow? So in in, in answering um, y- your question, I think sport has grown. The opportunities have grown. There are more and more graduates looking for opportunities in sport. But I also think that the opportunities are not necessarily always going to be at the top clubs because a lot of what I do is absolutely relevant to the smaller clubs. You know, so, so you know, um, placements, uh, volunteer roles and opportunities for people to actually get senior positions, um, which are just as valuable, if not more so in terms of experience, you know, in uh, maybe further down the chain from the Manchester United of this world. Just from your experience with the skill sets, what advice would you give to, give to a student, let's say, with the core skills you need to work in the sort of sports industry, or especially football? Well, I think football, um, having energy <laughs> will help because obviously there 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 can be long hours to start with. Um, I also think that um, I mean I speak to a lot of students, and I do think with football in particular, there are great experiences for people who can actually stand outside of football and see it as a business. You know, it's very easy to get carried away with the idea that, well, you know, we'll grow this club when we finally win something, you know, because the only alternative is to discount when you don't if you want to keep the crowds coming in. And I think the new generation are capable of not being kind of um, encumbered by this old cultural constraint of believing that's the only way you can grow a club. So I think students who've got some marketing experience, students particularly who are strong on digital marketing, Uh, Anyone who's got any strategic uh, business management, um, not experience, but education, they are things that football sometimes behaves as if it rejects them, but they're absolutely fundamental. So, you know, skills such as, you know, understanding um, customer service, customer engagement, that, that type of thing. Football has sort of held those ideas at an arm's length, but they're really important. And as I say, especially when you get outside of the top end of the Premier League. Absolutely. Just relating to today's main topic then in your opinion why is fan engagement so important in modern day sport i think there's there are a number of reasons um i think the um the sort of exponential growth of different sport opportunities out there you know as as a as a spectator as a paying member of the public um you know when i was a kid um it was football in winter and and, and cricket in the summer and, um, you know, now you look around, um, you know, I work with lots of different sports, but you've got, you know, hockey's growing, squash is growing, um, you know, horse racing has worked really hard to understand what it needs to do to grow its attendances. Rugby, obviously, professionalized on the pitch, but it's very much professionalized off the pitch as well, uh, both, in, you know, in both codes. Ice hockey, you know, bringing American ideas about the sports spectacle and what that might be. That's growing phenomenally around the country. So there's NFL. A, yeah, well, NFL, yeah, that's here. You know, they're talking about bringing um, MLB, you know, baseball to Sydney. Um, you know, there's, um, the, you know, the, the, we've got the World Ice Hockey Championships coming to France and Germany in 2017. You know, there is just so much going on. So in order to be successful, some sports have to recognize that particularly with a live event, you need to offer more than just the sport. That's not just because you might have some newbies coming along who don't you know, fully appreciate how the sport works. But I think all sports are now beginning to realize that if you can offer more than the 90 minutes or the 80 minutes, you've got more of a chance of reaching out to different segments that perhaps wouldn't have engaged with you previously. I think the best example of that is football and families. We first started working with the Football League, now the EFL, back in 2006. It was taking our philosophy, our methodology of 
showing the client exactly what it's like through the eyes of the customer. What we did was we had families that were interested in taking their young kids to their first game, but had previously been a little put off by their perceptions. You know, perceptions are what they are. They're perceptions. They're not necessarily true, but they perceive that there might be antisocial behavior, that there might be inappropriate language, that there might not be anything for the kids to do when they got bored, that the food choices would be pretty poor, that there would be nothing um, to do before kickoff, that they wouldn't be able to park at the stadium. All sorts of reasons why in the Football League families were tending to turn up to one game but not go back. What the Football League clubs have been able to do since, and in one six-year period up to July 2014, clubs grew junior attendance by 31%, which is nearly 5 million extra kids, bearing in mind the same number of teams win, same number of teams lose. They did that by recognising that families have specific needs that are actually not difficult to offer. You know, a few different food options, a mascot, something for the kids to do pre-match, opportunities to meet players and get autographs, perhaps even something as simple as a first-time fan page on the club's website, which answers all of the questions that you're too embarrassed to ask but actually need to know to get the best out of the experience. So that's the kind of the approach that I would advocate for students looking for an opening, you know, in the sports industry. Take the customer perspective, the supporter perspective, the fan perspective, the enthusiast perspective. That can often be a real catalyst for doing things very, very differently. Do you feel social media is having a really positive platform for fans to engage with the clubs, for example? Yeah, I think it, I think it does. And I think it's being done well. And there are two reasons why I say that. One is because, you know, Generation X and Generation Y increasingly use social media increasingly having a second screen i mean for me you know i do a lot of traveling around at different sports events if i'm not watching my own team that's the one reason i'll have a second screen if you like the one reason i'll have my phone out is to is to catch up with what my team's doing but a lot of people actually want different perspectives on the action they're actually um witnessing right in front of them so i think that, that there's the generational impact of social media if you want to reach out to younger um, you know, fans um, or, you know, new fans fr- from the Generation Y group, you need to be able to do that. But I think secondly, it's also because social media does give you an opportunity to help you get closer, you know, to the club. I noticed that Manchester City has recently of yesterday have launched um, a guy walking around with their Snapchat glasses on. And so he's able to convey exactly what's happening around the club to, to City's fans who are connected to their various digital services. You know, and for some, it's very simple. For a grassroots club, a simple tweet can convey the information that somebody new needs to be able to go to a game. When is it? Where is it? How much does it cost? When does it start? And then a link to the club's website. You know, but for other clubs, it can be, there could be a real opportunity to surprise people. Just the fact that you can get things out like a, a player uh, who visits a, a fan who's ill with a trophy, you know, to surprise that fan. You know, and previously it would just be the fan that would get that experience and perhaps something that w- you know, would be filmed at the time. But now you can actually be with the player walking up the steps to that fan's door and seeing what happens when they knock on the door. So I think, you know, I think both for generational reasons you know, to, to access key segments but also because the magic of sport you know, can be widened and offered to many more people. Absolutely. It just shows that sport does a lot off the pitch than on as well. What inspired you then to set up your company? Would you mind explaining what your company is all about? Yeah, well, the, the Fan Experience Company, which has been around now for, what, 12 years, um, is something which provides if you like, support to, to sports clubs, but also to businesses outside of sport. Who want to grow sustainably so what we're trying to do we use the customer 
experience as a catalyst. So we use real, real life experiences and stories to get the attention of the sport. That's what we've done in, you know, in the past to kind of get people to sit up and, and take notice, show them what it was really like for a, a disabled supporter attending his or her first game at your stadium, step by step going through the different touch points. So I guess that's what got us into the marketplace. We had a, we had a way of grabbing people's attention rather than just turning up as a typical consultant and saying, you know, if you do this, this will happen. We thought we had a way of, of getting people to sit up and take notice. And as time has elapsed, what we've started to do is to provide visit program support where, for example, we work, we work at the moment on five or six different programs where we will recruit through our own connections and networks particular uh, fans, potential fans, could be away fans in football, could be season ticket holders, could be young students, could be female fans, could be disabled supporters, could be young families. And then for particular leagues and particular sports, we then um, provide perhaps you know every single club like the football league will get two visits every season from one of our families so we have a network of families around the country but we also work with the football supporters federation on a project where we're getting existing fanatical away travelers to report on their experiences we've worked with level playing field who've provided disabled supporters to help us understand how much progress clubs are making you know in the past it was just desperate attempts to become more accessible, but clubs realize they need to be fully inclusive. So again, you know, we can provide that support. So a lot of our work is in, in helping to run these programs. To, you know, I, I guess you could call them qualitative research programs, but we also do a lot of strategic um, consulting and helping, helping clubs and sports to understand what is value. You know, one question that sports never ask of their customers is, how value do you feel when you come to one of our events? You know, and that's something that we're doing. And we're finding that according to the answer given by the um, by the fan and what's influencing that, that answer, you can often find something very, very simple to fix. You know, so, for example, you know, if a disabled fan is finding that all areas of the stadium are accessible, but he's not having a particularly good experience, it's often because the staff, the volunteers, the club representatives just don't know how to engage, you know, and, and so you can we can help by taking someone through a step-by-step fan's eye story of the day, we can help the club understand that and make a huge difference, often at very little cost. We also, I also write a lot. So I write for a couple of magazines. Um, I enjoy public speaking as well. So that's the thing I like doing the most. So getting out and talking to large numbers of students often. I've been doing a university tour this year, and that's going to continue into, the, into this year too, just to try and get people to understand that, you know, with football particularly, it's not just a question of winning. You know, if you can actually understand what makes your different fan groups feel more valued and you can deliver that, then that will help you ride out the, the, the more barren times when the team isn't doing so well on the pitch. And we have had some incredible experiences in this country as a direct result of some of the support we've provided, where we've had uh, a club increase um, its family season tickets after being relegated. We've had a club increase family season tickets from 500 to seven and a half thousand in four years without winning anything. You know, this is just one segment. And to be fair, the family is the one that's probably we've been doing the longest. So it's had the biggest long-term effect, but I can see the same thing happening with the weight numbers of away fans traveling with numbers of disabled supporters attending matches and also groups like young women going to football. You know, I was going to say, I find this incredibly interesting and the biggest thing I've just learned from what you've just said is is that word value I think it is even with this podcast show I feel it's an area that 
people do forget it, it could be a podcast show it could be blogs like this is the next sort of thing i was going to talk about would you mind explaining what your blog is about because i find that fascinating of, of the type of topics you write about and i think the listeners would enjoy reading what i read as well you know, well, the, the, the idea of the blog was to just try and jot down what I'm learning as I'm going along. I've never tried to present myself as an expert because I think, you know, the, the whole fan engagement industry is, is very, very young. And, it, and you could be mistaken for thinking that it's all about apps and content, you know, which is, if you like, one small subset. For, for me, it's about getting people to answer the biggest questions. You know, why does somebody continue to go to support a club year in, year out when they never win? You know, so... Our brand values that businesses invent, because it is all artifice with the usual commercial business, are the brand values that they invent actually something that football clubs have um, instinctively, that they actually have deep inside. And the irony is that you'll get a, um, a business like Starbucks that uh, is, you know, the exponential growth around the world is phenomenal. But it's not based on the quality of the cup of coffee you get. It's based on that whole brand offering of a good customer experience with various triggers that remind you that you're at Starbucks, the smell, the fair trade commitment, the the, the colors, the language they use. And then you, you think, but all of that is artifice. What they're doing is selling you a cup of coffee. Now, you look at football, you know, where people spread their grandfather's ashes on the stand, you know, in the ground where, you know, you never get a supermarket having customers ringing up asking for their grandfather's ashes to be spread around the car park. So, you know, in, in, in football, you have these natural, deep-seated values that transcend what goes on on the pitch but connect the longer-term supporter to that club. But very few clubs are actually even aware of them. Very few owners know what they are. Most fans can tell you what these values are, but the owners can't. And for me, that's the single biggest opportunity you know, that drives the blog for me. It's there is such an obvious opportunity that clubs are missing. By definition, an obvious opportunity for students who want to, if you like, have a personal USP to offer to a potential sports employer, which is I'm very interested in understanding what this sport's USP is. What are the values of this sport? If we were able to understand them, how could they translate into the experience? And what would that do to levels of engagement with our potential supporters? So, so all of my blogs tend to be subsets of that. So it'll be things like learning from other businesses. It will be looking at particular elements of the match day experience. It will be things like consultation and engagement. You know, how do you speak to fans? What, what have I learned from the time I've, I've spent doing that? And, it, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing. Um, so it's something that I'll certainly continue. Well, I know your recent blog topic was about values, and I found that piece of reading just really interesting. Just touching back to your career now, what have you been up to recently, or what are your plans for 2017, I should say? Well, there are some um, new things I spent this morning um, looking at um, uh, our Away Fan Experience Programme, which is something we're doing with the EFL. Um, but we're also working with the FA on a couple of projects. We've just finished a project looking at the first-time fan experience at 85 non-league clubs at steps five to six for those in the know. That's kind of that's below the Northern Premier League or the Ryman League. You're talking about my part of the world, the Brighouse towns of this world, the Keenshams, 
of, of this world and who else edgeware towns the yaxleys you know that those those tiny clubs with maybe a hundred a hundred fans but who are clearly uh, capable of delivering an experience that you wouldn't get in the premier league you know so you can go into a social club for free you can have a fresh pint of beer you can um, listen to what the players are saying you can watch the big game on the tv beforehand and the whole day might cost you less than 15 quid you know so we've been doing that i'm also doing something i can't talk about in too much detail at the moment but which has a global element to it which involves getting around the world looking at some major global sporting events and then writing some well producing some work around that for publication so i'm very excited about that looking forward to that and um, and then beyond that, we're looking at freshening up some of the family work we've done with the Football League. That's uh, in its 10th year now. So it's actually the Family Excellence Awards, which is what it is, has now reached uh, 10 years. So we're looking to refresh that and see where we can take it. And I guess the big thing is that, you know, we've reached a point now where we're looking, you know, to find students who might be interested in, you know, in placements. I think that not right now, but I think as we go through this year. We'll certainly probably have a couple of opportunities, you know, for people to do a little bit of project work with us. So it'll be busy times. Sounds really exciting for you. Just on a personal note, though, reflecting back, what have you enjoyed the most from the work you've done from the last 12 years? I think it's walking to clubs, walking into clubs that I first went into with my own kids when they were young 10 years ago. And seeing some remarkable things going on, you know, things that you would you would never have uh, experienced previously. So, for example, you know, in the past, nothing for kids to do before kickoff. We're now seeing family rooms. We're now seeing um, rooms uh, where kids can be the younger kids, the kind of preschool kids. If they get cold, they, they can be taken to a warm room. They can do some um, national curriculum reading, but with football as the context, um, with community staff looking after them. You know, these things have appeared in the last five to six years, not all as a direct result of the work we've done. But I think they're symptomatic of the way that football is 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 um, the direction it's travelling in now, which is to recognise that you know not all football fans fit that same narrow description. There's you know the whole of human life is out there, and if you if you can find ways to engage and deliver things for different segments, they'll put the word out, and then you know sustainable growth will will happen. So when I you know walk walk into clubs and I see these changes now, that's what gives me a real boost to think that we had a hand in you know, and the whole culture change that, that led to that. Mark, I couldn't agree more in what you're saying about sport changing with regards to our culture. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to a university sports student who wants to pursue a career in this sector of the football industry? What I would do very specifically is undertake your own assessment of that sport. You know, so try and book a ticket. Could you do it on your smartphone? Did you have to do it on the website? Could you do it in less than three clicks? Did you have to give you details? How helpful were they? Have they given you a whole timetable for what you can find when you turn up? What you know, why why you would want to get there two hours before the thing starts? And then look at everything that happens through the different touch points. Was it easy to travel there? What were your impressions when you arrived? What about retail? What about refreshments? How were the, how were the um, event representatives? Were the stewards there? How engaging were they? Did, were they passive? Did they stand back? Were they in groups of two? Did they actually actively engage? What else was going around? Were you able to engage digitally the minute you got there? Are there magic moments? I think that, being able to then go into that sport and present something in detail with an accompanying recommendation as to where they might want to focus their um 
you know, their, their efforts. I think that would be, that would be the best advice I would give. I think that would show that you, you're bringing in a different perspective. You're aware of how important that different perspective is and that you're more or less you know, up to speed with what the best clubs are actually doing. That is great, Mark. How can people interact with you? Well, they can do a couple of things. They can follow me on Fan Experience Co. on Twitter. And there's about 4,000 people do that. A lot of them are sports industry professionals, enthusiasts and students. You can email me, mark at bradleyprojects.com if they're specifically interested in any aspect of the work that we do. The website is bradleyprojects.com and uh, I put my blogs out through there. But if you follow me on Twitter, there's usually a couple of tweets a week. I'm very old, you see, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing seven tweets a day. Uh, but, you know, the, you can follow me that way. And, um, you know, if anyone, I'm genuinely interested in hearing from people who'd like to learn more. So if anyone wants to have a chat or find out more, please get in touch. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All of Mark's contact details will be on my website relating to this blog post. Mark, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks very much. It's very nice to meet you, Ed. What a really interesting interview by Mark. The first thing I said to Mark straight after the interview was it was really refreshing to talk about a topic that isn't widely discussed in sport, but most of all, it's so important as well. Thinking of things from a customer's point of view or a fan experience point of view is so important because without that, there wouldn't be an industry. And without that, you wouldn't have clubs having that positive engagement, especially the part when you're saying that fans put their ashes on certain grounds. It just means those core values are so in-depth and so meaningful to people I feel from a industry perspective or even an educational perspective, we sort of undermise it. And But really, it's that that drives people every Saturday or every weekend to watch their favourite teams and clubs. But most of all, I really do hope you took on board what Mark was saying with regards to the employability side of this sector of the football industry. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Mark said, undertake your own perspective in that sport. If you are a big fan at any sport and you want to make a difference, you've got to know that sport inside and out because by having that and having your own perspective, you will create new ideas and it's those ideas which will add value. And by adding value, it will define your career going forward.